Cleveland Schmooze is sponsored by the Cleveland Jewish News. Get the latest news and information from the Cleveland Jewish News delivered right to your inbox. Choose from breaking news, daily headlines, community life cycle notices, arts, events, highlights, and more with our free e-newsletters. Sign up now at cgn.org slash e-signup. Welcome to Cleveland Schmooze, a bi-weekly podcast about the people who make up Jewish Cleveland. I'm your host, Rachel Root. And I'm her mom, Robin. This week, we're bringing you an interview with Bernie and Carolyn Stuhlberg. They tell us about the string competition created in honor of Bernie's father, Julius, and how it's grown from its humble beginnings in Kalamazoo, Michigan, to an international success. We sat down with the Stuhlbergs at their home in Chagrin Falls. Bernie and Carolyn Stuhlberg, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, we're happy to be here. Thank you. So we'll just start out with your Jewish life growing up and, and sort of how you celebrate today, like your level of faith and, and participation in Jewish Cleveland. I'd be happy to talk about that. I grew up uh, in a small Jewish community in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I grew up in a, a musical family. My father was a professor of violin at the university in Kalamazoo called Western Michigan University. So it was a small Jewish community and very supportive of the kind of musical stuff my father was involved with at the time. And it was um, small-town America. And so uh, the Jewish community at most was maybe 100 families, 120 families. And we kept kosher. So that had an interesting ramification for who we could have in our home and the types of people that came into our home as we were growing up. Were you from a similar background, Carolyn? No, I'm a Jew by choice. So B'nai Yeshurun congregation is my first and only congregation. But I have, throughout our 34 years in Cleveland, 36 years in Cleveland, (laughs) uh, been involved in parenting education and have taught a lot through Carolyn's Kids. And then my nanny school, Alexandria School. And now I teach for a program called Shalom Baby. It's for pregnant couples in Cleveland. That's great. That's interesting. (laughs) Did you have a music background? I'm assuming you came, your family came from Germany? My dad emigrated from a small town in Poland when he was uh, seven, moved to a little community in Michigan called Marshall, Michigan. He he turned out to have musical talent, and so as a, a youngster was one of the early awardees of scholarship help to go to Interlochen Arts Academy. But it wasn't the Arts Academy back there, it was a summer camp, and he was kind of ferreted out rather quickly as a talented musician. So he went on to, to Michigan State is where he started, and uh, was an accounting major, but his teacher was a former Russian violinist at Michigan State, and... Uh, he asked him to be his teaching assistant. So at 20, my dad was an assistant professor at Michigan State. So. so do you think that getting scholarships when he was young, that inspired him to help other young students? Well, he was very fortunate in his training to be trained and to be aware of a number of 
well-known Jewish artists in Cleveland, and then he spent uh, several summers when he was on the faculty at Michigan State. He had several summers where he was at Juilliard, so he got to know a number of people there. And my father turned out to be the only American pupil to study with Bronislaw Huberman. And Huberman is was a world-famous violinist, mostly in Europe, and is best known for having established Israeli Philharmonic. Mm-hmm. And I think my father learned about that giving kind of phenomenon. He just became, rather than a concert career, wanted a family, and became enthralled with teaching young people, and he turned out to be very good at it. So that's where he made his life in Kalamazoo. But the home environment, because it was kosher, if you think about the 50s and 60s and the early 70s, most of the famous violinists at that time were Jewish. Mm -hmm. So if they were being brought to Kalamazoo to perform... They were often in our home because we were wow. one of the few places that had a kosher home that <laughs> right. could deal with it. And and people like Jan Pearson and, and um, Richard Tucker ended up in our home kind of by accident because, yeah. not by accident, but because the Jewish community identified us that way as a bit. So it was quite special growing up. You forget about that, but yeah. sometimes as you grow older, but it was quite special. Did, did you feel pressured to have a musical instrument yourself during that? Well, we all did. Uh, there were four of us in our family, and um, my dad was a violinist, and uh, my brother uh, all started on the violin. My oldest brother started on the cello, the next one on the uh, viola, and I was the other violinist. So uh, we had our family string quartet, my younger sister played the piano. So yeah, That's we were awesome. quite... Did you guys actually like perform together a lot? Uh, only for family, where we could control the audience reaction. Kind of <laughs> Did you take any of these performances? Well, I'm the audience? only one who actually kept going, and so I actually started my career in music school and then bailed. <laughs> and so I'm happy doing other things at this point, but having a musical background. I recall that um, years ago you mentioned you play in the. Chagrin Valley. I used to back then when so time was a little more frequent, uh, available to do that. Um, I still play. Okay. Um, but again, I control the audience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so mostly for family. Oh, that's fun. Um, did you have any musical background growing None. up? <laughs> None. But I think if you think about um, nonprofits and the way they grow, mm-hmm. you need the other people to who aren't the musical part, but you need the worker bees. And the audience. And the audience, and the people who arrange the food, which is still one of our jobs, is that we arrange for after the concert. But uh, Bernie's mother was the driving force, and she was not musical. And we should we should say what we're talking about here. Which okay. is, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, no I, uh, that's okay. So just uh, it's a good time to talk about the Stilberg uh, competition. So can you guys yeah. give yeah. us a little the, background on that? The my father focused his energies on young people and music. That was his passion. And when he started at oh, Michigan State, one of the reasons he came to Kalamazoo was that they needed they were developing a youth orchestra the Kalamazoo Junior Symphony it's now called is the third oldest youth orchestra in the United States and he was its conductor for 33 years and the first 10 of those were from Lansing he came down and moved the family to western Michigan 
University, and that then he became the uh, he started the string department uh, in Western Michigan, and then conducted their orchestra. So he would have youngsters from eight or nine, I think, when my cousin and I first went into the orchestra, to uh, to twenty one or twenty two, and. Um, he managed to find ways to bring things out of young musicians that young people didn't ordinarily accomplish. And I think back in the, this was the 60s and 70s, that was quite unusual. And he conducted that orchestra for 33 years and then had kind of an uh, untimely death a little bit early. And um, uh, when he passed, a lot of those young people were so endeared with him and the, and the families that benefited from that. They wanted to do something. And um, mostly driven by my mother and her friends in the Jewish community, they, they started this little competition in Kalamazoo, which was designed to identify local players with some musical talent who could perform with the orchestra. So the idea was to have enough resources, figure out how to screen young people, and um, develop a competition. And it was initially called the Julius Stolberg Competition, which was my dad's name. His Mm -hmm. first name was Yona, but he had two cousins that came with him to the United States, and so an immigration officer named him Julius instead of Jonah. I think the other one came out. I don't even remember. When you subscribe to the Cleveland Jewish News, you receive 52 issues of the award-winning CJN and 15 total magazines, including J-Style, Canvas, and Balanced Family. Try the Cleveland Jewish News for free. Start your six-week free trial at cjn.org slash six free. And was it only violins? It was stringed instruments. And the concept that evolved was that uh, you would... The family and my father in particular weren't particularly enamored of competitions. There weren't very many at the time, but they weren't. They, the idea of singling out one wasn't his concept. It was more about a group, which is what an orchestra is about or a chamber music group is about. And so the concept was to see how many people applied, and that was generally done in the old days by a little eight-track tape or whatever, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and they would send in a recording that was blinded, and then they would pick 12 uh, youngsters who would come to Kalamazoo, and then they found that they did kind of what you would do in an Amish way. <laughs> you housed them, and they had families and buddy systems, and then they would perform for judges of quality. So the idea was that they would come to Kalamazoo and perform for these teachers, and the teachers had an obligation to not just judge them, but to teach them. Mm-hmm. So that formula started in '77, I think it was. '76. '76 was, the first was our first first competition. And maybe. your dad yeah. passed away in '74. So the first Three competition was in '74, and it was felt this would be a nice thing for the local community, and you get regional mm-hmm. people. So then how did it spread? I mean, <laughs> well, it kind of happened by accident and a very hardworking one. lady named Esther Stolberg, which was my mother, who was wow. somewhat of a powerhouse of uh, management um, in general, um, very committed, obviously, to the same ideal her uh, my dad had, her husband, and she had a little help from her children. But the Jewish community was also very much oriented to that. And then... 
it turned out that my father's connections in the musical world were broad, and mm-hmm. s- several teachers that were known would send a student or two. So in 1980, is that what you told me, or 79, mm-hmm. this uh, 80, this uh, 12-year-old kid named Josh Bell came mm-hmm. from Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, where he studied with probably the most well-known music uh, violin teacher, Joseph Gingold, who my father had known for a number of years, mm-hmm. another nice, uh, wonderful man. And um, and at 12, he played beautifully but made mistakes uh, <laughs> and didn't win first place. He won third prize. But the following year, he came back and kind of won it. And then within six weeks, had won the Philadelphia competition and started a concert career. That's and amazing. I think that kind of started this process of we can go to Kalamazoo and be heard by these very expert teachers and advised and have exposure. And we might get to play with an orchestra as a result mm-hmm. of that. And young people who are learning instruments and have this talent like to perform. Mm-hmm. And so the concept of that started to evolve beyond Kalamazoo. I mean, the talent of the performers outdistanced the talent of that junior orchestra. So it evolved to three different performance opportunities for whoever won first prize or second prize or third prize, and then it evolved into kind of an expanded uh, outreach program. And it kind of snowballed because the young people who had an opportunity to perform for these people, these people were better and better and better, and their teachers were aware of these opportunities. So the teachers from Juilliard and Curtis and uh, the Performing Arts Center out Mm -hmm. in L.A., all those people start uh, teachers wanted their pupils to be heard by these expert judges and the judges wanted to see these young people and did they have to be under a certain age no 19 and under so they're all under 19 all of them are phenomenal and many of them that go to these major music schools are from overseas. These young people, the, the assistant concert mistress of New York Philharmonic was a winner. Mm. So these people went on to have either career, careers in music, and many of them didn't. They, they went on to major careers in other things. But they're really, uh, it started as kind of a very small concept of education and, and um, acknowledgement of, of uh, capability and grew into this interaction that has is powerful in and of itself in an environment that's still nurturing. They still yeah. have families assigned they to each kid. They still have the buddy so system. They have a buddy system. Which is what right. mom and her friends came up with. Yeah. So this year was our 43rd year and they're the buddy families. Yeah, still the same phenomenon. Who greet them when they come in mm-hmm. and take them to lunch and make sure they're all fine. So mm-hmm. even though they're phenomenal talents, they're mm-hmm. still... 14 or 16, and some of them have had to come alone, finances, or they come from so far. And and it's a very welcoming community when Mm -hmm. you're playing there. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not as threatening, so a lot of teachers want to send their younger students. It's a very nice starter. Mm -hmm. It's a unique subgroup of incredible talent. Uh And you sit there and go... This is something that's quite 
pleasing to be able to see so this in your father's name. Think about it now. Well, I mean, my dad had to die for this to start. <laughs> okay, so I mean, he didn't start it, okay? and the community really drove it. And they renamed this the Stolberg Competition, and then they named it after her. Her name was Esther, so they so called it the Julia and Esther Stolberg Competition. And now it's, I mean, in most music schools, it's known as the Stolberg, and you go, really? Okay, and so it's it's very um, heartwarming for us. They. I think would be enamored not so much of the idea of anybody particularly winning Mm because everybody won just by getting there, Mm -hmm. but for the interaction that goes on. I mean, we've and we've had Mm -hmm. such such opportunity to meet great artists. I mean, Yehudi Menuhin came and Mm -hmm. and actually was a judge for us (laughs) in year fifteen. He was a child protege in Europe and Mm -hmm. one of the first Jewish violinists. Wow. Worldwide, so I mean, it was. Uh, it, I mean, as a youngster, so I mean, you sit there and go, "This is quite a privilege to be a part of this." Going back to, I, I feel like you know the violin, especially, is just such a like Jewish instrument. You know, yeah. you think of like Fiddler on the Roof you or do. like Klezmer uh-huh. music. So, right. do you think there's a connection there that your father had with violins, or? Oh, I think there's. It's absolutely clear. Mm-hmm. I mean, his uncle in Poland played the violin and, mm-hmm. and you know the whole kind of uh, musical talent that that was the instrument you looked at mm-hmm. okay now if you listen long enough you go boy the cello is a beautiful instrument yeah. <laughs> and, you know or why do I have to play viola it seems like it's kind of in the middle I mean right. they're all beautiful instruments mm-hmm. and the instruments that can be one thing playing them and playing them well is another it's, it's a very satisfying experience mm-hmm. so Mm-hmm. And then, any of your kids move on into music? Some of them got genes from their mother, and some of them. Got <laughs> And I'm happy to report it skips a generation. Yes. We have an we have eight-year-old and a six-year-old here. well on their way. Yes. <laughs> and are playing the violin. Now, could yeah. they ever enter the contest, do you think? No, or that would no, just be... never. <laughs> this, is, uh, this, is... this is seeing elite athletes doing right. what they do. So yeah. it's, it's that level that it's come to. Mm-hmm. In the early days... I, you know, you might have been able, you know, the kinds of things that you would have to play were reachable by a lot of talents, all right? And it doesn't really matter whether you have that prodigious talent or not. It's nice that you can foster this, but the real goal is to get those with lesser talents just interested in that. that would and be it's interesting that in Cleveland we've not heard of this. Yet you live here. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, it's, it's been a little hard for us because we live in an environment where the, the Cleveland Piano Competition has done so well and has gone beyond. I think there we have, uh, as a family, wanted to assist the community of Kalamazoo. It was a uniquely Kalamazoo event, and I think that they have wanted to keep it a uniquely Kalamazoo event. But now means we us. are live streaming. Oh, great. So that happened this year, so that it was fun to see when you click on the live stream to see people watching yeah. our family members who couldn't make it, our children, yeah. and sitting with their children. It's it. So the technology has started to allow yeah. that. And is there also a documentary that's going to be coming out about the... Yes, actually, um, this year's competition was um, viewed directly by uh, NPR and the From the Top 
crew when they suddenly That's realize great. that many of the young people they feature on their show are our competition uh, winners or semi-finalists. And so cool. they, they thought it was time to take a look. And I think it was fun for us to watch how impressed they were <laughs> with what goes on. I, we have always felt it's more important that the uh, individuals who participate find this competition fun. Mm -hmm. Okay, They enjoy being a part of it and that it's well run in the background. And I think we heard that more this year than we've heard in a long time, and it's it's wonderful to hear. And when is that going to be coming out? I believe it was. It's coming October sixth. October sixth. Okay, two thousand and eighteen. So, this is on great. the radio. Just yes. on the radio. I, or on on the, the, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I believe from what they said at the competition that it is a documentary style, and it will be over like a, a few season hours or something, mm -hmm. or that they kept saying October sixth. Okay, so we're excited about finding more, <laughs> learning more. We'll have to check that out. Yes, yep. yes, that's wonderful. Thanks for listening to Cleveland Schmooze, a podcast produced by Rachel and Robin Rood. Tune in every other Friday to get the latest episode in your podcast feed. You can also find an archive of our episodes at our website, clevelandschmooze.com. And feel free to share any comments or suggestions to our email, clevelandschmooze at gmail.com. That's schmooze spelled C-A-S-C-H. <laughs> That's schmooze spelled schmooze. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.